Welcome to CTO Think, a podcast about leadership, product development, and tech decisions between two recovering chief technology officers. Here are your hosts, Don Vandemark and Randy Burgess. Hey, Randy. Been a little while. What you've been up to? Uh, I'm in the mode of management dealing with like a lot of a lot of legacy matching new development to legacy. Like before the role I've been was in, our team was able to build a lot of stuff greenfield from scratch. Dependencies were the only those we created. And now we're moving into that world of what does the existing system need? And I think normally I wouldn't, I would always build the greenfield knowing the dependencies, but that just wasn't something I was privy to. And so now we're dealing with the complexity of, oh, what is the, um, what's the old stuff need? And it's, it just adds a lot of complexities because not everyone knows. <laughs> so, sure. and, and it's not, it's not unnatural for a company growing, um, as fast as we are, but the, it's just one of those like, okay, now we're going to deal with legacy and greenfield coming to an agreement and both neither, neither sides argue with each other. It's just more of what do you all need is kind of the big question. Uh, right. Other than that, um, yeah, that's been about it. Other than getting out from under the winter and cold calves and flus and colds. So <laughs> I feel like I'm on a better ground now for that, but what's going on with you? So you went to the spas of Arizona to recuperate, right? <laughs> uh, to, to the desert. Yes. That's but not necessarily like the spas. <laughs> no spas. Uh, no, um, on my end, um, Outside of outside of work, uh, transitioned from football officiating to soccer officiating, and now we're entering lacrosse season, um, which is lacrosse is a lot of fun. Um, I enjoy I enjoy that season, and uh, and really starting to do a lot of um, studying on NCAA rules for football. Um, because that's the next step is to see if I can move into NCAA football. So have you been um, watching, sorry to jump in. Have you watched yeah. the XFL? I watched some of it. Um, I saw the, the weird kickoffs. Um, that's the only weird thing I think I saw. So you didn't see replay. You didn't see the mic to officials and stuff like that. No, that I saw, cool. I saw. I saw the Twitter version of it. I saw the the clips of it on Twitter. I I'm all in favor of opening up the kimono as far as what mm-hmm. what referees are involved in and making if not more accessible making them more accessible without necessarily having to answer or questions about every single call on the field. Um I think that's the only way you can get people to buy in. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was I like it. I like I like the XFL rules for around officiating a lot. So yeah, yeah. Before we turn this into a sports podcast, though, yes, let's move on. <laughs> we I digress. 
so that was a quick aside. Um, on the work side, continue to do some um, power apps uh, development for construction specialties. Um, that's going okay. It's going as well as it could. Um, and then on on the Aspire EDU side, um, we're with the new year comes new priorities. And I think I said this last year, but I, I, I actually mean it this year. Um, big focus in 2020 on improving our security processes. We've got our processes in place. We've got the things we do. Um, but, but we need to sharpen up what we're doing, make, make them a little bit more mature, um, get closer to that ISO standard, um, that everybody looks for. Yeah. Um, what, what's come out over the past, hmm, I want to say 18 months, maybe two years. There's, there's what's called, um, a heck that, which H E C V A T, which is essentially a single standard of a, um, security spreadsheet that you fill out to see where you are on, on the security scale. And it's, it's for the, it's for the education industry. Um, so as we work with more and more clients and more and more clients that are, um, more mature and and larger, they're starting to use that same format. All right. And we took a brief break there because we had a cat meowing in the background and now I'm holding the cat. So we'll see how that goes for the rest of the podcast. (laughs) I don't know if I want to hear the cat screams or your screams. (laughs) So anyway, this, this is a standard um, spreadsheet that everybody's sending out and we, we've been responding to it over the past 18 months, but now we're seeing the next evolution of that, which is, schools using that and then having consultants review it. So instead of the school IT staff reviewing it themselves, which leads to um, inconsistent reviews, they're now going to consultants to review them and ask questions of the vendors. So now we're getting a lot of the same questions and a lot of the same clarification questions about the same answers we're providing. Yeah. So that's fine. Um, I understand it, and and I've got no problem making our security more mature. There's there is a fine line when it comes to how much security you have in relation to how much revenue there is. If I spend all our revenue on security, because I could spend millions of dollars on security, and then yeah. we go out of business. So there's. There's, there's a certain, there, there certainly is a fine line that we're trying to draw. Um, so we're, we're now in the case of trying to go ahead and um, make some of those things more mature. And, and that's, that's where we're headed. So that's, so what, can I- that's what I've been focused on. Go ahead. Well, I, I wanted to make a comment that has nothing to do with you all, it has to do with the industry. Because I've, I've been talking to um, a side project thing, and they're, they get, they're in the enterprise space, and they get these security audits all the time. Right. And it's all, it basically, <laughs> it appears to be 
if you say, oh, we use a vendor and it's ISO compliant, everyone just says, great, that's a relief. And they walk away. And I'm like, that, that used to be the way it was. Okay. And you're saying because that's changing. That's changing yeah. slightly. So we, we use Heroku, we use AWS for, for the physical security. All our questions are, we use AWS, they're ISO compliant. No, we can't provide you their SOC 2 report because they make us sign an NDA in order to look at it. Mm-hmm. But you can be sure that they have one. And if you'd like to sign an NDA with AWS, you certainly can and get your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as physical security, not a problem. Um, it's when you start to get into thing like firewalls, um, they're starting to poke at that a little bit more. So yeah. yes, Heroku and, and AWS control the firewalls, but they want more. And I'm like, I can't give you more cause we don't control it. Yeah. So it, it we're kind of in that, um, area right now. And the next step is to potentially uh, implement a in-app firewall or an SPA firewall, uh, SPA, SPI, uh, the acronyms, uh, I'm not remembering the acronym properly, but it's one of those. Um, that That's an in-app firewall. That's another option we can take. And again, it's a I'm matter no, of how much no do idea. we want to spend. I have no idea what you just it. said. Like, I don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I had to look it up. And and it, it's just a way that it, it's just additional software and additional processes that you're putting into to evaluate every request coming through. So you're putting a request in front of AWS? No, it, you, you can't change that. But before you're, before you even process anything... It comes in, goes through AWS, comes to your system, and mm. then you pass it through the firewall. If it passes, you go ahead and let it in, do what you're going to do to it, and pass it back out. A firewall um, under, like behind the AWS firewall. Yes. Which, again, <laughs> to, it's a matter of how much security do you need? Do you need that level of security? Yeah. It's something I'm, I'm digging into. So... It's one of those things, uh, something that's come up over the, over the past few times. And, and this actually didn't come up on the security um, surveys at all. This came news reports over the past month or so mm-hmm. with Chrome 80 um, and the uh, change they're making on how they handle third-party cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chromium's blog posts came out in October that they were going to do this for Chrome 80. Chrome 80 was released February 5th. I knew nothing about this until mid January. So it went Mm -hmm. from late October to mid January and I'd heard nothing. And you and I follow a decent amount of the industry news. Yeah. And I hadn't heard anything. So I don't know if that's a case of, only the security people were aware of it and only they were worrying about it until mid January hit and everybody was about two to three weeks out. And all of a sudden it was, Oh, by the way, you've got to do this or else your sites are going to start acting funny. But what is a third party cookie? And like, I think I didn't pay a ton of attention because I don't really deal with cookies that much. Like I know it has to do with my session sure. management, but 
I don't really. And, and that's, that's the issue we have is we run within an LTI instance and LTI is a standard for um, integrations within the education industry. Um, we run within the canvas learning management system. So people go into canvas and we're, our software is right there as an additional link within canvas. So it looks like it's part of canvas, but in order to make all that work, you need that third party cookie working because we're a third party to canvas. Um, and canvas is a third party to us. So there are, there are simple ways around it as far as just making a same site setting, um, in order to make it work, but that's really the short term answer. The long term answer is much more complicated and it's something we looked at doing because there were benefits to it to where it would uh, right now you can't open more than one tab of canvas and, and more and our software at the same time, because it, it affect it, the, the, the multiple tabs just mess it all up because it's all hmm. sharing the same one. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if the change we may, if we make the more significant change, you can have as many tabs as you want and it won't affect anything. So yeah. I believe it's a way, it's the way we implemented it in Django, um, <clears throat> causing that. So it, I'm not, I'm not at all upset that, that Chrome went this way. This seems like a, uh, a more secure thing that they did. Um, what, what, I'm still a little surprised and confused about is how off guard it caught us all. Cause I'm not the only one. My developers hadn't really heard about it till early mid January. Again, it, 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 we, we started to look at it and, and all of a sudden I was in a rush. I was like, okay, what are we going to do? Do we have to make the significant change? And, and more research we did, it was like, no, we can make this same site change that uh, Chrome, uh, that Chrome recommends and we'll be fine. So well, so this co this goes down to management recognizing. So if, if let's say that you had if you all had a mobile native app for yeah. Apple or Android, you, once you're in that world, you know every time Apple releases a candidate for iOS. You really have to. Um, you really have to kind of be on top of every release the operating system is going is putting out there. You have to sure. test ahead because it's bad because of the the youth of the Android and iOS platforms. And I know I'm talking about a decade, but that is young. We all know how much it changes. In the Microsoft world, we used to deal with that a ton for anything you'd release. <clears throat> but in the web world, we got lazy. Yeah. Because it was also about 15 years of age, and they standardized so well, which is crazy to say coming from the IE thing, but we really just didn't have to worry about breaking changes Um across browsers after IE8. Like, the only thing that we really dealt with was CSS advancements 
and JavaScript advancements, but not backwards compatibility for a large aspect of code. And this is a breaking change that only gave us, what, three months to adjust to? And I think that that's the shock is like, oh, we're still in an operating system. It's called yeah. Chrome. And it's on the CTO management level folks to say, either you have to be on top of it or you have to assign that to your developers to be on top of it. Right. And we got we got really lazy in the browser area because of well, if we don't have to worry about it, we sure don't want to. <laughs> and and I think that's I mean, am I, am I off on that assessment? No, I, I think it, I, I will say it was a little bit of a surprise for it to come from Chrome. Um, the 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 we've been. We, we look for changes to the Canvas API. We're well aware of that because we got to interact with that every day um, without really thinking that our software runs within Chrome. We've got to be aware of any, any changes in Chrome as well. So it's certainly something we've got to be tracking going forward. Um, this change, I'll put it this way. Um, this concern has always been a concern in Safari. Safari handles third-party cookies differently as well. And our solution to that was to say, you can't use Safari if you want to use our software because it doesn't, the, the way we've implemented it, it just doesn't work. Use Chrome, use Firefox, go, go forward from there. Yeah. Um, I think IE 10 also had a problem with this. Um, and if it wasn't this, it was, I'll put it this way. The only two browsers we didn't support were Safari and IE 10. Um, Edge seems fine. But so that was, that was what we've been reacting to the past few weeks. And then one of the other things that I did react to in, in relation to a question that came up on one of those questionnaires was the use of of TLS versions. So TLS is the newer um, standard of SSL. Um, and they're already up to TLS version 1.3. 1.0 and 1.1 are um, are older and, and, and deprecated now. And what we have on Heroku is we've got it set up to where 1.2 works fine. And we left it there. We did some minor research last year when we were asked a question about 1.0. Um, and the answer from Heroku was, we provide the ability for to be accessed using TLS 1.0, 1.1, or 1.2. So most of the major browsers use 1.2. All of them will by the end of 2020. They will not use 1.10 or 1.1. But that doesn't make the server secure if you're still allowing access to 1.0 and 1.1. Um, so Heroku didn't really have a way last year of disabling those two without doing a significant amount of work. Um, and again, we, we checked for all the vulnerabilities that were known and we, we, we protected against the known vulnerabilities of 1.0 and 1.1. So it's not that we were insecure. 
it's that we left that available because our provider had not disabled it. Yeah. So fast forward to this year, we've had more conversations with Heroku and they've given us some options on how we can disable 1.0 and 1.1 now because the security story has changed to where it's more important to disable 1.0 and 1.1 now. The known vulnerabilities are still the knowns, but it's the unknowns you don't you, you've got to watch out for. But this isn't standardized. Like you can't be the only people talking to them about it. No, I, I'm sure I'm sure we're not. And it it's a matter of they've got to enable something on their end for our account, and then we've got to make some change. It's not what comes out of the box. What comes out of the box is that you can access using 1.0, 1.1, or 1.2. If you want to disable 1.0 and 1.1, you have to do some additional things. That's interesting. So we're looking into that as well. Um, again, all the known vulnerabilities are taken care of, but the story has changed. Last yeah. year, if you went to, and and the names escape me, so I'm going to do some typing in the background here real quick. Um, Qualsys has an SSL test, um, so, or Qualys. Q-U-A-L-Y-S. If you go to SSLlabs.com, you can run an SSL server test to see how secure your your website is for SSL Mm. um, items. Last year, it marked a warning on TLS 1.0 and 1.1 being accessible, but it it, it recommended making those inaccessible, but it did not say that it made your server any less secure. Well, working through a security survey this last month, I went and I tested our site again and Qualys has changed their grading system. Now, if 1.0 and 1.1 are available, they're lowering your grade, um, which again, it's, it's one of the ways we're testing security. So, if, if we're going to try and purport that this is one of the ways we're testing security and it's saying we, we're not passing or, or it, it wasn't saying we weren't passing. It was changing our grade from an, an A to a B, um, which is concerning enough to go ahead and make the changes. So we're working with Heroku now to go ahead and make the changes to go to disable 1.0 and 1.1 so that we can... Um, we can just make 1.2 the one you can access from, and maybe 1.3 as well. Of, without trying to get you in trouble on any particular client, how much do you think your clients asking the questions really know about what they're asking about? So these are all pre-sale questions. They're I all pre-sale, not, not existing. Correct. Interesting. I don't remember an existing client coming back and, and auditing. I'm sure they will, and I'm sure they can. Let me reverse. I'm sure they can. I'm sure they will. They can, uh, and maybe they will. Somebody will. Someone will, because some a, a new CTO will come in yeah, at yeah. some school somewhere and say, okay, I want to audit all the vendors. Um, it's going to happen, and and so I should just be ready for it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we're ready for, for anybody that wants to audit. That doesn't concern me. Um, but the, the stories are changing. Um, the things we have to pay attention to are changing and we've just got to pay more attention to, to certain items. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple other things we're doing is we're doing, 
we're doing some manual log checking as far as security um, concerns and things like that, but we're going to add automated security checking and we're going to add some more things. Um, Our access control hasn't been extremely mature. Um, We're going to move to using single sign-in for our access control to our development systems um, through Active Directory. Before we we managed it manually, um, all requests had to come through me. Yeah. Um, but it if we move to using single sign on through Active Directory, then it's then there it's logged and there are processes and it's just a more mature thing to do. When you so, say it came through you, what do you mean? Uh, any any change? Uh, I saw I saw the change log of any changes made to to access control. Um, and any change we wanted to make, I needed to approve it first. So mm-hmm. it, very, and, and the only thing that's going to change <clears throat> by adding it through Active Directory is it'll still be my approval, but it's all automated, and I can I can just do it through Active Directory, and only any only anybody in Active Directory can have access. Explain single sign-on then. I'm. Feel sure. like I've got a different picture of what it is. So th- this is simply, simply for our Heroku environment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's simply a matter of who controls access to our Heroku environment. How how are we granting developer access? Things like that. Um, there is a plugin somewhere where I can say the only people who can access Heroku for us are those in our Active Directory. Yeah. In our Microsoft Active Directory. We don't have that turned on right now. So if we turn that on and implement it, all of a sudden, one of my developers can't just invite somebody in, which I'm going to see when I review the logs, but that's a that's a that's there's a lapse in time there. You're just telling Heroku to respect external authenticate authorization, sorry, authentication rules that you manage on your own system. Not only respect, but require. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so there's not there's not a Heroku sign-in. If you want to sign into Heroku, yeah. it's going to kick you to a Microsoft page to sign in through Active Directory. When when I talk when I've heard about single sign-on, it's it's basically where a client comes to us and says, "We want your system, your your SaaS product, to respect our auth rules." Sure. So it's essentially the same thing is happening with Heroku. But when you said single sign-on, I thought you meant the Aspire EDU app respecting your client's single sign-on. No, to some degree, we already have that because they log into okay. Canvas and and the and they get access to our app. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what the LTI standard is. It, LTI is a little more, more complicated than that, but part of it is the single sign-on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, that's what I thought it was. So I was so I was right. Yeah. In my mind for the question I had, I already knew we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not gonna tell you we're wrong because you won't listen to me anyway. <laughs> uh so no, um, so that's again, 2020 is all about security. This morning I wrote a lot of of stories, a lot of issues in GitHub because we track all our all our development in GitHub. So this morning I was writing issues in GitHub about all the things we're going to do. We're, we're, it's, it, it's coming time to do another disaster recovery test. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we've done them in the past. It's coming time to do that as well. So I, all, we, we normally have one big feature a year. I think our big feature this year is enhanced security. Mm-hmm. Clients won't see it, but that doesn't matter. It makes it better for everybody. So you don't ever want them to see it. Like it, right, it, exactly. It needs to be this seamless layer that the only way they would ever see it is if it failed. And that's what you don't want to have happen. Right. And we're in, we're, we're in okay shape now. I, I, I don't think we're bad by any, by any means. There are very few questions that I answer on those questionnaires where, where I feel bad about them. I feel good about everything we do. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean we can't do better. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's always a balance of what we're doing, um, versus revenue again. So. Yep. Makes that, sense. That's pretty much where we're headed this year. So. Cool. Well, uh, I don't have anything else. Security is definitely something that is I feel like it's becoming a by like at first it was a monthly discussion that the whole team would talk about. Mm-hmm. And now it's becoming a bi-weekly. Um, and I think it's going to become, I know it's an initiative that will become at the forefront of almost everything we do. Um, it's just the sophistication of the hackers and the cost. I think now companies truly understand the, like there's a, there are numbers out there for what does it mean when you have a data breach? What's the, what is the confidence side effect with your clients, with your sales team? What's the legal ramifications or courts? What kind of money damages are courts willing to award classes of plaintiffs? Sure. Um, like all of that's starting to become a mature, like you could put a number on it, which then means, <laughs> which means two things. One, companies, CTOs are able to start budgeting because they can go to their leadership and say, look, look, this is a side effect if we don't take care of these things. And there's the security companies, which are much like healthcare, they say, oh, we know how important this is now. We're going to bump up our fees. Yeah. And you like, it's so amazing. Really, like, if I was going to tell a green developer, uh, like, what should I get into in technology if I want to make some good money? I'd be like, oh, you need to get into security. For like, sure. You need to focus on that. Because truly, it's, it is the healthcare push the the prices up enterprise business that you can just charge an arm and a leg for. Um, just like law is around th- these kind of things. Right. Lawyers get paid a lot because they are part of a business where the cost of not hiring them is substantially greater than not doing anything at all. So, yeah, it's, it's something that in a... If, you, if you're a CTO or a leader in the business and you just kind of kick the security to a, the curb, I just don't see how you're doing your job well anymore. Sure. Yeah. Um, 
which makes it more complex, but also gives a layer of job security as well, I guess. Yeah, and it, it's it's certainly been a learning uh, experience because this is not something I grew up in. So. Yeah. Yep. And, and so the other, I remember this is a full circle back to our initial, the XFL discussion. So I'm, I'm playing in a XFL fantasy league. And this poor dude set up a site to manage fantasy XFL. And I remember the pre-pro sports, like I learned how to code because I built a college fantasy football system back in the day. Sure. And the one thing I punted for two years was security. Right. Like I just like, I don't, I don't know how to do it. No one gives a crap. Hackers won't care. And so when I decided to close it down, I had a couple people reach out and go, can I buy this from you? And I was like, no, that's called liability. And I just don't want to do it. I know it's full of holes and I don't want to have to support it. But nowadays you can't start a business with that attitude. You could not like you can't punt security on your MVP. It just doesn't work like that anymore. No, no. And I was, I was looking at the XFL site. I'm like, yeah, this poor dude and all he's doing is in such a different era than when I started. And yeah, that was just an interesting flashback this weekend. For sure. What this guy was doing. Anyway, that's all I got. All right. Well, sounds good. Uh, Sarabi says goodbye to everyone. And, uh, Sarabi the cat, and we will uh, we will catch all. That next sounded week. like you put the cat to sleep just now. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no. Sarabi saying goodbye. <laughs> all right, goodbye all for right. the day. All right, cool man. Thanks for listening to the CTO Think podcast. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at ctothink.com. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. Patreon contributions help us to produce episode transcripts, which allow people that are deaf or hard of hearing to access the show. If you have feedback, ideas, or want to be a guest, please email us at hello at ctothink.com. Show music is Dumpster Dive by Mark Wallach, licensed by premiumbeat.com. Voiceover work by meganvoices.com. You'll hear from us next week. Thank you.